1: Welcome to Veterans Air, the Veterans Hour. I am your host, Douglas B., and you can listen to us live the first Tuesday of every month at 1 p.m. here on your Lone Star Community Radio station. Um, We're also going out on Facebook Live. We're on uh, uh, your local TV station, Channel 12 and Suddenlink. You can listen to this show or past shows at veteransair.us at the Lone Star Community Radio's website or wherever you get your fine podcasts. First and foremost, oh, what did I do? I forgot my, uh, my my how to contact us. You can contact us through email at info at veteransair.us, or better yet, you can text us on our Google phone in studio at 936-344-3083. Got a big show. This is Hassaf Preppers, Take Two. Um, and... With me in the studio, I have Lucinda Bailey. She is the seed lady, and she is going to talk to us today about sustainable gardening. Before we get there, I have to say, happy birthday, America. I hope you all were following my posts during this long Fourth of July weekend, and I hope that you all didn't do like I did and do too much work outside and now are paying for it the next day with dehydration. So excuse me while I take a drink. Lucinda, welcome to the show.
0: It is a privilege.
1: Tell us a little about
0: yourself. Well, right now I'm uh, a co-owner of a seed company that sells only heirloom seeds so that any American that wants to reduce their their food bill and begin that journey of self-sustainability is able to do it.
1: Why do they call you the seed lady?
0: because I've really focused my agronomy education and training on uh, everything that it takes to identify good seeds, work with good seeds, and then save good seeds so that you can rinse and repeat and be completely um, taking care of your family if you needed to be. And apparently, the way the economy's going, we're all going to have to be food producers.
1: i got I to tell you the story. So I've gotten into half-assed prepping, if you will. And uh, on one of the previous shows, I did how to store dry goods properly in the Mylar bags. Yes. And we have started to get into canning. Now, my loving wife, she she backs me up on my half-ass prepping, things I say that we need for when the zombie apocalypse comes. Yes, the zombie apocalypse will come. Followed directly after the Cylon upbringing, which will be led by the ATMs. That's my theory. But I got her into to prep to help me out with this prepping by canning, and now that she started canning, she spent all weekend long canning tomatoes and butter uh, butternut squashes. Fabulous! Um, and she can feel the sense of accomplishment at the end of the day, even more so when the little jars go pop um, and seal up. The idea of gardening, of using heirloom seeds, rinse and repeat, as you say, is part and parcel of being prepared, whether that be for the zombie apocalypse, whether that be for food shortages, or whether that be you fall on hard times.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's just prudent to have something set aside. Now, here in this area, Some of us are not land-blessed, which I mean some of us don't have properties that they can go to and do this big, big, big garden, but you guys at Texas Ready have come up with how to do this in your backyard with HMO, Homeowners Associations. Please forgive me. Um, Now, guys, I got to let you know that I took their class on the 25th all day long. Fabulous, fabulous class. Um, they covered in that class the. I'm going to mispronounce this, aren't I? Mittlert.
0: Mittlert. It's Midlider. A German. Uh
1: huh. It's German. The Mittlert gardening course of how to do this. It lays out everything that you need to do. And not only that, we learned about seeds. And how to store them, and more importantly, how to germinate them. Now, you can, you're the seed lady, so you sell seeds. Yeah, we do. I learned something that I did not know in your course. And what was that? How to properly store seeds.
0: Oh, yes. There's a lot of mythology on the Internet.
1: My, yeah, my wife went out and, and said, you know what? I'm going to help out my hubby. I'm going to buy him a seed vault mm-hmm. with non-GMO heirloom seeds in there. Beautiful. And the first year that I planted stuff out, they germinated. Good. This year, when I went to go do it, I planted all of the stuff. And do you know how many germinations I got? I do not know. Zero. Oh, I'm so sorry. So, talk to me about well, time how to is the one seeds. of
0: the things that um, decreases germination. Heat will decrease it. UV rays will decrease it. Um, excessive moisture will decrease it. There are a number of factors, uh, but time is an enemy of great germination. So that probably played some part in the decreased germination from garden number one to attempted garden number two.
1: How long? do seeds last if they're properly stored?
0: The U.S. Department of Agriculture has given us that answer. I actually went up to the Fort Collins National Seed Saving Lab to study that very question out because it is so critical. And they're telling me four to six years. And I was very glad because that's exactly what Kurt and I had been saying. <laughs> Otherwise, we would have had a lot of apology you know, letters and uh, enclosures of excess seeds to give to the people. Um, but four to six years. Um, and that's if they're stored at the 40-degree mark, which is the ideal temperature range for a collection of seeds. Now, it is true that corn, peas, bean, hard-shelled seeds can do just fine in a freezer. However, um, most of the seeds in this 75-variety um, uh, seed pack that we provide for people um, are the fragile things like lettuces, herbs, and things like that. And you, and you cannot get all of the moisture out of the hull as you're saving your seeds so you're left with maybe nine to twelve percent of moisture now you throw that into the freezer and then water being what it does it expands now you've cracked and decreased your germination because you've cracked the hull on your fragile seeds so it's just better to put the whole lot in that cranky refrigerator you know the one for beer and parties that's in the garage that is the perfect one one. yeah
1: just got one um Two, three years ago, I had a flood at the house, um, so it all had to be tore out. And uh, then last year, during the freeze, destroyed the kitchen, and I uh, had to get all new appliances, the whole nine yards. But my handyman was able to resurrect that refrigerator, and I now feel like I'm a Texan because I have it sitting in my yeah, garage.
0: that is perfect. Okay, so 40 degrees is ideal temp, not the freezing, that Internet will tell you.
1: I, I, I believe that that... The seeds not germinating were totally my fault because I was doing it wrong. They'd been sitting in my gardening box in the non climate controlled garage for like three, maybe four years.
0: Yeah, so they were heat was uh, an enemy, yeah, along with time.
1: They, then I took them and I put them in my egg carton right? cultivation and I did that outside.
0: Oh, so they got too much sun, maybe, huh? Yeah. Okay, got it.
1: Yeah. So if you're listening to the show, and of course, why wouldn't you? And you're you're purchasing these seeds, if you don't use them all, you need to take that into consideration. They need to be stored in the refrigerator. You had mentioned something about, and and you guys can can see these. We've got ammo boxes full of stuff. And inside of those stuff, there's there's seeds talk to us about these
0: all right well one of the things um that's very what do you call these oh these are seed banks right ammo cans repurposed beautiful right um genuine it it, it works for us it's (laughs) just perfect and there's a seal around the edge so you could you couldn't get a better environment protects against um, any kind of vermin mice rats raccoons they're never going to be able to open this ammo can um but w- what we've done is uh, got a clear package um so that when you open you're being able to check the condition of your seeds you pull it out and one of the big uh, jokes is you go to uh, lowe's home depot you know whatever and buy uh, some seed packets and virtually the back tells you how to grow it but it's rinse and repeat, it's it's so illogical to me. Put it in the sun, make sure it's covered with a half inch of dirt, make sure it has plenty of moisture, voila, in 65 days you'll have a bean crop or whatever. Now you move on to broccoli. It, it really could be the same directions. We don't think that that makes much sense. And a lot of us did not take very good notes at the knee of our grandmothers, and so we really need some pictures and some um, amplification of the habit of that bean or broccoli or whatever. So we, we tell you right on our um, identifying uh, card what pages in a basic garden manual you'll need to study. Now let's suppose it was beans, you're gonna get six pages on pole beans with wow. tons of pictures. So that sure beats the three sentences on the back of the paper um, you know, seed packets. And then we also uh, identify where in the book seed to seed which you've already referred to you would study up on proper seed saving techniques at the end of the harvest so you've got your how to grow it uh, page numbers and you've got your coding right into the seed saving manual um, on the seed packets so that's something that you know we've done to make it you know fairly easy for people uh, growing and saving seed for the first time
1: Now I heard this rumor and I don't know how true it is that when you go to harvest, there's harvest that you're going to eat Mm -hmm. and then there's harvest for the seeds and they're not the same time.
0: Uh, That is true. The first fruits always produce the greatest seed. So a good farmer is going to um, have planned uh, and in some cases, it requires 40 plants. Mustard, for example, it requires 40 plants so that you don't get inbred depression. So instead of eating, what is inbred in- depression is kind of like the mixing, um, uh, the lack of mixture in a gene pool. Think of the Kissing Cousins of uh, England, and you've kind of got you know the drift. That can happen in the garden. And inbred depression means you simply don't have enough genetic material t- so that the next gardens will be strong. So the seeds become quite weak um, if they don't have enough variety within that breed to do well. So um, the Seed to Seed book tells us that we need 40 mustard plants in order to make good strong seeds to have plenty of genetic material. So you're gonna take that into consideration. Now we do have a chart in, in each of our boxes that will tell you how many inches away you would need to plant that mustard And it's a very detailed chart. There's uh, many categories, but space and depth, and when do you plant, how many days to harvest, how big that plant's going to ultimately get. These are just some of the things uh, that are on that chart.
1: I did not know that you could eat bean leaves.
0: Oh, yes. We also have a column that teaches Americans how to extend their harvest. And so, right, you're not going to have a whole salad of bean leaves, I promise. But you can take one bean leaf, one pea uh, plant leaf, et cetera, per week, and then add that to the greenery that your family would be eating. And in tough times, it may get down to that. Uh, people in Australia roast the entire pumpkin and eat the, the outer shell. Well, we Americans, you know, we're, we, we don't, we're not used to doing that but in fact that's a very edible part and can be utilized so we're just saying hey if you go to the time and trouble to grow it we're going to show you how to properly utilize that whole plant if at all possible
1: when and, and each plant has a different harvest date for harvesting to eat and harvesting to for seeds, right?
0: That is correct. And um, for example, a cucumber, you're going to leave on the vine an extra two weeks so that the internal seeds are seasoned for next year's uh, garden. So, um, But you're not going to eat a mushy yellow uh, cucumber. That's just not, you know, edible for us. Um, but when you're seed saving, you're going to be curing The internal seeds that's exactly correct and again the seed saving book seed to seed by Suzanne Ashworth the ultimate Bible on seed saving virtually um, will explain all of that to you
1: now I know there's a lot of you out there that do what I do Um, springtime comes you go down to to Houston Garden Center and you you buy some burpee packets and that's how you're doing it and that's not That's not wrong, technically. Um, But you have to do that every single year. With your seeds, I can plant out... Oh, look at that squash. There you go. Love it. I can plant out squash. I can take some of that that harvest and go, you, 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 you're going to be my seeds for next year. And I don't touch them. I leave them on until the the, material here says... Pick them now for the seeds. That's right. And and don't I have to dry these in some special way?
0: Yes. And uh, what pages does it tell you to do that? Probably ninety-eight or hundred. In or the something. gardening bus.
1: in uh-huh. seed to seed, it's page ninety-seven through one seventeen.
0: Right. So um, if you if you're growing squash, then you're going to come up to this uh, chapter on uh, the squash family, and you're going to know exactly um, how to do it. How to save it so you protect the genetics, that's very important because there's actually two categories of seeds. One is called open pollinated and one is called a hybrid. Now, there's nothing wrong with a hybrid in a down economy. However, that's a problem because garden number two for a hybrid has three terrible results for sustainable uh, people like ourselves. One is that 50 percent of it will be sterile like a mule. Uh, 25% generally is going to become a mutant. You plant a cucumber and you get a bird gourd, you know, birdhouse that you make out of that gourd. That's not going to help your family. And then uh, 25% and tomatoes are famous for this. It reverts someplace up the genetic chain. You just don't know where it's going to land. It will not look like... The cover of your seed packet. So a hybrid is an unpredictable, unstabilized seed. On the other hand, open pollinated is an at least eight years of, of uh, the same uh, picture on that seed packet over and over and over. It's it's dependable, and it doesn't have any of those three negative results that hybrids you know would have. Um, if that seed. Uh, type has been around at least 25 gardens 25 generations we can now call it an heirloom meaning it's the most stable of the stabilized seeds and that's what we're going to want so that we can get uh, food without having to go to Lowe's Home Depot the feed store whatever and um, you know there may be times coming that um, it's a difficult the gas is too expensive to go um, supply chains etc it may be that food production is you know squarely in our laps and just like the pioneers that settled texas and other places um, if it was going to be it was up to them and so i see those days might be coming but even if they don't this is a great way to grow because you are going to save a ton of money and so uh, just think you don't the return on investment you don't have to buy produce anymore You don't have to buy seed packets at about $4 a seed packet on average anymore. And uh, you don't have to buy, um, you know, Bonnie's plants or, you know, starts because you know you've got that skill in your toolkit and you're doing it yourself.
1: Now, these seeds are dried.
0: They are, correct.
1: Do I need something special to dry them?
0: No, you don't. Um, There are techniques that are described in this book and, um, yes, professional seed growers uh, and seed, seed producers will have commercialized equipment. And they have a very precise way that they're doing it. But the techniques that are in this book, Seed to Seed, um, are tried and true and have been around for hundreds of years. And they'll work for, for um, all of our constituents and all of our families.
1: Now, you have two different seed banks here. I do. Why?
0: Because... Um, there's different size families that need to prepare and so if it's just a couple then you know why overbuy, or let's suppose you're a master gardener and you you have a lot of skills and so forth and so you're not particularly worried about is it going to work or not you know that you can make it work Um, so you might be and and, and if you have a very good garden library you don't need excess books so the the, um, two-person kit might be exactly what's called for you still get the 75 varieties and you get all those nutritional needs met and so forth Um, but if you have a family of four
1: nutritional values
0: absolutely you don't buy you you buy seeds and with two criteria how many people are coming to dinner first and foremost because if you don't buy the right amount of seed congratulations you know you've got seed for four but you let 12 people into your little tribe that's been formed because of hard times and if you don't have seed for 12 now congratulations you all get to starve equally. That's not a good plan. So the very first question is how many people am I going to let in or I anticipate that I'm going to be needing to provide food for in tough times. And that would determine the size kit that you get but with Texas Ready it's not just a mismatch of all different you know seeds that sound good like you know, watermelon and, you know, this, that, the other. We've got to make sure that you get niacin, that you get vitamin C, vitamin D, et cetera. Scurvy and rickets are not going to look good on our uh, fellow citizens. So we want to make sure that, um, you know, the whole gamut is covered. So we had both agronomists and nutritionists evaluate our selection of seeds. And I think you're going to find um, quite a comprehensive, uh, you know, list that's in each of these kits.
1: I did not know that even after I took your class. I did well, there not know you go. that. Um, so now, my brother Johnny, um, he's in Watertown, New York, upstate New York. Okay. And he's a farmer. Right. He comes from farmers. Um, so each year he puts his, his pictures of his harvest out on the website. Um, and I put mine, my two tomatoes, and say I'm a farmer too. Um, but he does. Well, it sounds like he does what, what you've done he takes a look at how much he needs to grow for how many people here fe- he's feeding and the nutritional values of that and also he does crop rotation too mm-hmm. um, i don't need to learn that because you've done that for me now with one of these kids
0: uh we've We've got enough varieties so that you know that wouldn't not be an issue and in the commit lighter method that's not an issue anyway because there are two major styles of uh, growth. One is I'm going to have pretty dirt. Everybody knows that the organic farmer falls squarely into that category. Um, the keyhole garden, the square foot gardener, those are all that kind of method. The other method would be I'm going to feed the plant. And the Mitleiter garden method is I'm going to feed the plant. Now, we live in Texas. Think of San Antonio, the you know, beginning of the desert. I can fix the dirt in San Antonio but it will take me seven years about to do that. I don't think anybody has that much tuna and beer saved up. Dehydrated, freeze-dried, canned goods, whatever. So I had to come up with a garden method that was going to initially work day one, and it had to be simple. And so that's why, and I taught uh, 40 different methods of gardening at the Lone Star College. So, you know, I was always looking for the Holy Grail. Um, I, I just knew that you know, it wasn't what I was teaching. Um, so when I came across this Mitleider method, and I realized it was simple enough for children to do, and you didn't need to do all the gyrations of crop rotation because you were going to supply everything that that plant needed, and it wasn't going to be deprived of nitrogen, which is the major reason that people do the crop rotation, which is complicated. Did, did you bring the, the nutrition pack? I did not because, as you know, I had a uh, forest fire on my uh, property last night and we were up all night. And I, uh, dereliction of duty there, you my should, friend.
1: You, you should have told me I would have brought coffee for you. <laughs> really? Um, we're we're going we're to talk about the Mittlinger system in a minute. But I, I want to stress, make sure that, that I understand because um, this is coming home with me, by the way.
0: Yes, it is. Absolutely.
1: Um, I told you that I have a greenhouse. Beautiful. And my plants are growing really good. Nice. But they're not fruiting the way that they should.
0: Temperature has something to do with that, and I don't know what vegetable in particular you're thinking of, but tomatoes, after 85 degrees, they, they don't set uh, the one fruit. one tomato. One tomato.
1: I have one pepper. Okay. Green pepper. I have one yellow pepper, and I have three cucumbers. Great. That's it. Okay. Of all the plants... Um, so, my next attempt at, the, attempt at this is going to be in, in the early fall when the temperatures drop below 80 degrees.
0: Right. You, you should have a stronger garden. The biggest garden in, in the Texas uh, triumvirate of uh, gardens would be that fall winter garden. You will get the best yield, there's less insect uh, problems. The cool weather means that we're happy to be outside ourselves. And, um, yeah, the plants uh, do thrive. And the, and the whole cabbage family, kale, crappie, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, all those things, et cetera, will do very well in the winter. So you have a lot more choices to grow in the winter. So I I uh, believe you're going to have a great garden.
1: I, I hope so. I'm going to go through the, the, the seed vault bank there and go, all right, can I plant this for the fall? Yes or no? There you go. And they're going to plant out. Um we mentioned, or you mentioned before, that you've put together the, the, the seed banks for how many people that you're going to feed. That's right. If you plant for two people and you're trying to feed four, that's not going to work out. That's correct. And, you know, that's what we do at Douglandia. I have X number of acres, and that X number of acres can can sustain X number of people. If you're not on the list...
0: Right. Move sorry, along, mo- buddy. Move, move along. Move that's along. right. And, you and know, I keep telling people that uh, one of the best ways to make yourself extremely valuable so that you're the one chosen for the team um, a- as we will probably form our own clans, tribes, you know, groups, and so forth because the Lone Ranger is not going to make it, um, is to be a food producer, know how to do that skill. That will be the rocket scientist of the new economy. So that is a very worthwhile skill.
1: You know, I was having this conversation uh, a day or so ago um, about my half-half prepping. Um, why do I have so much tuna fish? Why do I have so much flour and rice and whatnot? Mm-hmm. Um, what happens if, if the zombie apocalypse doesn't happen? And my, my answer to that is I still can eat the food. Exactly, <laughs> you know, like, right.
0: And I've just hung around with some cool people and had a nice hobby that was you know, a benefit to other people. So there's no real downside to this uh, new lifestyle. You're closer to the dirt. Your immune system is being boosted all the time. The vitamin D is getting into you. It's enjoyable being outdoors. The kids have a wholesome activity, multigenerational. You help the neighbors across the street with extra squash and produce. There's no downside to this lifestyle.
1: Exactly. And it gives you something to do while you're doing, while you're preparing. You're also... Um, you're out there and getting your, your steps in, so everybody knows I'm Mr. Fitbit. And, yes, I overdid my steps the entire weekend. Um, you mentioned pretty dirt. One of the things that I hear all the time is it's way too expensive to go get the dirt down at Lowe's or Home Depot's Absolutely. or
0: Absolutely. It's $35 a linear foot on a standard four-foot-wide bed that's eight inches deep. That, that is about $4,000 for the family of four to feed them adequately I agree and so therefore the mid lighter system is something that I think is a good option because sand and sawdust are the cheapest of materials and uh, that's what's recommended in the Texas area because that particular medium will keep the dirt temperature five degrees cooler and remember we said that temperature is the enemy for uh, production in the summer
1: wait 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 you want me to fill my garden with sand and sawdust. That's that right. Is it's so nu- counterintuitive. It
0: That's right, because um, we've all been um, programmed to think that fixing the dirt, composting, turning the compost pile, going to the chiropractor the next day, et cetera, <sighs> is uh, the way to do it. Um, when in fact, uh, we all know about hydroponics, right? Mm-hmm. There's no dirt required. There's no you know composting required, etc. That is a delivery system of nutrition put in the water that holds the roots to the plant. So we don't need even dirt to get the job done. The problem with hydroponics is, of course, it does require an energy source in a down economy. That won't work too well. It does require input from Pony Express to send you the, the chemistry that goes in the hydroponic tubs. So that won't work in a down economy. You just couldn't possibly save all that you, know, you need. Um, so we do dirt hydroponics, which is the Midlighter Garden Course. We supply the nutrition that the plant needs through, um, you, you would, per- well, let's back up. There are 17 required elements that are necessary for plant growth. And without one of those components, you have reduced your harvest to the least common denominator um, that's in proper sequence. So if you are real strong in NPK, nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, congratulations, I'm happy for you, but if you can't, you know, give me the right ratio for manganese, you're not going to have seeds. You're not going to have produce. And so most people are gardening in the frustration uh, quadrant because one or more of these essential 17 elements is missing in their garden and they don't know what it is and they don't know the math behind it well we've taken all the math and chemistry off the table and we supply and by the way these are shaved minerals what could be more natural than that right this isn't putting a lot of petroleum based whatever that again that that's a mythology Um, we are supplying the plant exactly what it needs in the proportion that it needs when it needs it And in the manner that the roots can uptake it properly. The dirty little secret is that plants do not receive organic material at all. They can't eat it. They can't uh, assimilate it. They can't make it apply to, you know, their growth patterns. They can only receive nutrition in inorganic form. And that's what the Mitleiter does from the day one. And another little problem with um, the... uh, organic gardening is is that they do a lot of amendments or supplements or whatever people think it's not uh, that organic is without chemis, chemicals that's absolutely not true they actually use more chemicals that's a whole nother story but um, what the mint lighter does is it supplies a steady supply it waters into the root zone Again, that's the way that those roots can uptake nutrition. And those plants are thriving from day one because we don't have to go through dy- gyrations of breaking down the organic materials into inorganic molecules. We supply it right what the plant needs day one. So that's why we're able to complete our harvest a lot quicker. And what does that do for us? Well, um, it it helps against deer it helps against pests it helps against fungal disease and and potential viruses you just get the job done quicker you have a stronger plant which is naturally going to repel uh, plant diseases the pheromones within a healthy plant um, uh, broadcast to um, different insects stay away i'm cool and god sends uh insects to destroy the weak and infirm nutritionally deficient plants
1: or just to aggravate the hell out of me oh yeah that, that's true no insects are eating my tomato plants or my cucumbers yet but my pepper plants and my eggplants oh yeah they just love it i had to go out and get some of that seven yeah Oh, oh,
0: oh, oh, oh seven there's stuff. some other things that we can do seven dust is is quite systemic and does have some carcinogenic principles. So I would maybe start with some things that are a little bit um, less strong. I would start with diatomaceous earth, which is a naturally occurring uh, diaton from um, the oceans. And um, it's sharp. It almost looks like a COVID uh, uh, molecule. And uh, that will cut into um, any worms or any insects because they wear their skeletons on the outside, but they get a little dust inside, and it's going to dehydrate them. That's sayonara to that uh, insect. Um, and di- uh, DE is uh, not a problem for humans. They have food-grade uh, diatomaceous earth and so forth. And it's cheap.
1: Before we get into that, yeah. I want to I, I back up. Um, I understood everything that you were saying, um, but I want to make sure that the guys out there know this. So the Midlinger method is a mythology of how to garden. It's a mythology of how to build a sustainable garden, which, and that's important, sustainability. If you're just growing petunias, more power to you. But if you're looking to grow food, that's why you're watching the show. Um, The system calls for a mixture of sand and sawdust. Believe it or not, sand and lord knows we have a bunch of it um sand and sawdust and you mix that together now you're thinking to yourself the plant's never going to grow in that this is why we use three things stop me when i get wrong we're going to go get triple 17 that's the nitrogen potassium phosphorus and phosphorus And we're going to mix that in. And we're also going to get the nutrition packs that you guys have. Mm -hmm. That's all the trace minerals. And we're going to mix that in. And that's what we feed our plants.
0: You're going to add uh, magnesium sulfate, which is Epsom salt. And Epsom salt. That's right. It's neither a salt nor a whatever. Yeah. Um, but that's easy to access, and we don't, at, at uh, Texas Ready, we don't want to have to do handling and that kind of stuff since you can go down to Walmart and purchase that. I, so, I, have, to,
1: I have to let you know, because I went out and looked for Triple Seventeen.
0: It's tough to find.
1: It's tough to find. Right,
0: but I can tell you exactly where it is because I've got arrangements with the managers of certain feed stores and so forth, and they buy it by the pallet to keep it in in uh, supply for uh, the I people in Montgomery. The- Yes, and triple 16 is another uh, very close thing that we would uh, say would be workable, and that's apparently nationwide, except for tractor supplied through the mail, 25 pounds at a crack and very expensive. Yes, yes. Um, that would be... Uh, they, they, do, they do have it. It was online
1: mm-hmm. looking for it. And, and I have to tell you, I am really surprised because there is a bunch of fertilizers out there for lawns. There's a bunch of fertilizers out there right. with different numbers for different chemical makeups and whatnot. And this goes into, you have to know what you're growing in. If you're growing in the dirt in your backyard, you don't know what's in there. You have to send, take a sample, send it off to find out where you're starting from, For a base using the metal in your system. You
0: don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. No, because we're not counting on nutrition coming from whatever medium you're growing in. And by the way, you can do more than sand and sawdust. That just happens to be the best. But you could grow in in crushed up pine needles, uh, marbles, gravel, you know, all kind of things. Um, We just like the sand and sawdust. First of all, the sand never deteriorates. It's always going to be around. And um, sawdust is very inexpensive, and if you get uh, the cedar sawdust, you now have a built-in insecticide um, in in uh, the garden bed, so that makes it again a, a bug unfriendly environment.
1: Um, as I mentioned, I'm growing in my my greenhouse, and these things are going wild. They're just growing like there's no tomorrow, but they're not setting fruit, and I'm pretty sure it's because it's, it's temperature. Like, you know, yeah, 102 degrees in there. A little hot little hot yep um,
0: and you're supposed to be doing a full oxygen um, changeover every 24 hours in a greenhouse so you want to make sure that that ventilation and so yep. forth is occurring yep. I got got all the vents Vans open yeah uh,
1: the doors on the both sides uh, I'm getting enough wind through so I Good. haven't I haven't put a fan out there but yes I actually ordered a box fan to do that with Um, see I I do learn this is amazing (laughs) this is all good
0: good student there Doug the
1: the things that that I learned just shocked me I came away going damn if I had known this beforehand I
0: would have saved a lot of money yeah time and energy frustration yeah and that's what we're here for yeah I'm
1: I'm at the frustrated gardener point right now Uh uh-huh 17
0: tomato I know yeah Right. Well, that's why we we also, I I guess for lack of better, we could call it a hotline. Um, Anybody that has a garden question that, you know, wants to grow to sustain themselves, um, being a good minded patriot that they are, uh, we want to help them. And generally in about five minutes, I'm able to Um, help folks. I've stood on the shoulders of, you know, giants. I've read 300 egg books, et cetera. So um, I should be able to help you. I think that's the task. That's the, that's the goal. Um, But, but we just don't uh, peddle seeds, which a lot of my competition does, and they don't even know how to grow because I've talked to them. Um, And that's sad. Uh, But we, we are living the same dream that we're encouraging other people. So, you know, we're feeding our families this way.
1: Hey, Dick, can you pull up uh, on one of the split screens the uh, TexasReady.net contact page? So for our viewers at home, they can they can see the address and, and the contact phone number. Um, just have Fort Lawn fire.
0: Do, uh, yeah, yes, our ranch was uh, uh, July fourth. Will be one for the history books. We'll remember it. We don't know how the f- the uh, fire started, but. I arrived home about uh, nine o'clock last night uh, after a day of celebrating our country's independence, and uh, saw six major uh, fire trucks. And I suspect a spark. I suspect a spark. Yes. So, there, the wind was quite, you know, heavy uh, last night, and that's what we were told. But we just don't know. So there were no fires going, you know, on the property. So, you know, we didn't we didn't do it.
1: <laughs> Are you still planning to do your July classes?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yes. We've got a, uh, one in Dallas that's uh, set up, and then we have uh, two at the end of the month, and we would welcome any of uh, your constituents to, to come on board. Uh, do it rather quickly, though, because these classes do um, uh, fill up really quick, and we've got 50 spaces. And yeah. you're, you're doing We're them over at Montgomery? Montgomery Community Center. That's right.
1: All right. Listen up. Go to Texas ready.net and uh, on that website you're gonna see their courses and there's two courses at towards the end of July I would highly recommend that you take these courses if you are going to to be trying to create a sustainable garden I learned more than I thought I would learn and and now that I think that makes me more frustrated. Now that I know, we'll some pick stuff, up the you know, phone and give like, us a holler. And... Damn, I was doing this all wrong. Um, my 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 fall garden, I'm using this Great. system. Good, because I don't have to go out now and buy dirt.
0: That's right, absolutely.
1: Um, Jimmy, my my stepfather, um, was a farmer, and he he told me buy dirt yeah you can't go wrong with buying dirt that translated to me to buy land i did not realize he was actually talking about buying dirt um i didn't know there was such a thing but yes dirt's very expensive especially if you're buying that miracle grow garden mix or whatnot and and trying to do your garden with that even if you call one of the dirt companies and you find out how much is going to cost you to buy this much dirt you're going to go what
0: yeah for the average family of four it's going to be right around thirty five hundred to forty five hundred dollars to get those garden beds in and i just think that's way too much and it's not within reason uh, for most of the people that we're trying to help And when we teach this method overseas, of course, the whole village can't even afford one rake. So they can do it directly in whatever dirt is in their backyard if they don't want to do the box or raised bed system. So do it directly in the uh, existing substrate that you have in your backyard that's completely fine. The Midlighter book discusses how you would go about doing that. For my um, sensibilities, being very OCD, I like the order of the raised beds. Um, but either way, uh, you'll be able to uh, certainly make it happen with the Midlighter book.
1: Now, in the book, it's going to show you Everything that you need to know or at least what I think everybody should need to know and Here's a guy that that does a garden every year and has been doing it wrong Every single year not getting the yields that I think that I should get or that I see other people getting Using this system everybody has sand everybody can get sawdust you don't have to do anything special. You don't have to make this elaborately raised bed like I do. I do that because I can't bend down. But you can do it right in the dirt. Absolutely. The system is still the same regardless what you're doing in it. Right. Um, I I took the irrigation from the book. Okay. And I went, well, since I'm spending money to buy more stuff um, I've used up my gardening supply so far right that doesn't mean that the technique can't be done
0: well that's right when you're overseas they're carrying you know water from the river up and using a ladle to water their plants so that's kind of primitive and in, in our you know way of life um, but the ideal is to use the elevated uh, PVC system that there's photographs and mm-hmm. materials lists and you know, uh, anybody that's a a handyman can certainly figure this out. Um, And and the pressure from that 30 foot long bed, um, because they have very small holes, um, the pressure is pretty, pretty strong. So after you've top dress the nutrition that your plant needs, each week we do that while we're in the growth period of that plant, then that That water pressure will drive it into the root zone every day. And at the end of seven days, all the top dressing that you have given, the plant nutrition, uh, to those plants, um, you'll have to do it over because it's gone. So that's why we call it the weekly feed. It takes seven days to drive it completely um, underground into the roots. Uh, The plants are getting a small dose of everything that they need, the trace elements, all 17 of those elements every day. And uh, that's how we are able to achieve the amazing yields in a very short period of time.
1: Um, I currently, am doing a, a hybrid watering system, I would put in a drip system. Got two minutes? I put in a drip system, and then I'm supplementing with, with my watering can. Um, and the reason I'm doing this is twofold. It's so hot, the evaporation is just unreal. The... the When I put my finger down into the dirt, it's dry, so that's not the way it's supposed to be. So I have a drip system going, and I'm using the watering can because it gives me something to do after dinner that I don't just go lay on the couch. I'm up and I'm watering, going back and forth my watering can, and I I like it. And you're getting more steps in. I'm getting more steps in. That's right. It's a good. It's a good day. All right, we only have two more minutes here, so we have to close up. uh, And and and. do do our parting song here. Um, But before I go, I want to stress again, contact texasready.net and I'm going to give you their phone number if you're prepared to to write this down. It is 832-493-1357 and the email is seeds. At texasready.net. Um, y'all should go over there and take the course. Um, Dawn, Dawn, book one, book two. Yeah, you need both of these. This comes with the course, by the way, and this is like only 20 bucks. Um, Lucinda, thank you so much, and I am disheartened to hear about the fire i'm not surprised but that just totally sucks so y'all out there with me let's say a special frit special prayer i can't speak i too dry excuse me let's say a special special prayer for lucinda and texas net that they come through this fire unscathed um So that about wraps up our show. I do want to thank uh, our sponsor, EMW Productions, who pays me while I'm talking to y'all. So thank you very much. They are experts in helping veterans start and fund their business for almost or over 30 years. And I want to thank uh, BitterGlitter.us, promotional products for the discerning veteran. Um, Next month, August, the show, we're going to try to get that in And we're trying to get uh, Lieutenant, Lieutenant, forgive me, General um, McNabb in to talk to us about Lone Survivor. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk some more about what's happening in America. And as always, until next month, stay safe and stay vigilant.
2: Shadow of Death